episode 176, everybody, with Wavy Duder, the music producer here in Cleveland, who has been making a name for himself, making some waves in the industry, continuing to elevate and watching his profile rise, of course, with his work with MGK and now doing other things with other artists soon to be named. But uh, had a fantastic conversation with Wavy about the music business, the industry, the money, etc. So check it out. Wavy Duder on all social media platforms. And uh, again, folks, if you haven't yet, please subscribe, join, follow the podcast, and continue to spread the word. It is not going unnoticed. It is greatly appreciated. With that said, everybody, please enjoy this next entertaining conversation, one which you could also find on YouTube, by the way, with the one and only Wavy Duder. The Optimal Life. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, welcome back, dude. Three years. And three months ago, one wavy duder joined me early <laughs> stages of this podcast. And uh, I can't believe it, man. It's, here we are. It's been about 150 some odd episodes later. He's back. He's back for round two. I'm back, man. I'm happy to be back, man. What's going on? You did say to me the last time you were here, you were going to win a Grammy. <laughs> I did say that, <laughs> and I don't know if that's quite happened yet. So what's no? What's it hasn't. You, it hasn't happened yet. I did get that. Uh, I did get that number one Billboard award thing for the um, for the MGK album, which was cool. So I'm in the right track. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. What's uh? So what's new? What's new in the music industry? What are you doing these days? Just grinding, man. I got a ton of projects I'm working on. Um, I just did uh, some I can say, some I can't say contractually. Um, I just did. Uh, I got some stuff coming out with Faze Jackson, who Tommy was on your podcast before. Um, great guy. I got his new album. I think I produced half the album. That's coming out soon, and I think it's going to be a really special project for him, man. Without saying too much, I just really feel like it's the one that's going to push him over the edge. So, I'm what's excited. his story, man? I've seen him on social and all this, and. He seems kind of like a, a mysterious kind of guy, just the stuff, the way he puts out his image. What's his whole story? Yeah, man, he's uh, he's been doing music, I think, longer than I've been producing. He had a record deal back in the day. He had um, labels after him in, at an early age. Like, he's just a great songwriter. So, But he's an engineer by fun like it just it's just a day trade for him like more like it's his job type thing but like he is an, is an artist like he'll engineer some of the biggest records that ever come out of the city but then like people like need to realize that he is one of the best songwriters i've ever seen you know so like um i just been blessed enough for him to open up with me and like he is a mysterious guy you never know what he's gonna say or what he's thinking and I like that prestige about him, though. Yeah. I think it's different. I think it's something that um, less is more type thing with, with, you know, how Cleveland is more of a I'm out in the open, I'm going to very out there. He's more like I'm reserved, but I still got the power to do big things. So I'm just blessed um, to, again, to let, to have him open up to me and, us to share music together and you know him trusting me on his project um this is the second project i worked on for him um, yeah you were involved with him when he was on that I, I this might have been a year or two ago when he was out in la 
you guys went out there and there was some party and he was singing out there with uh mgk's guys the the drummer and all that wasn't he doing something there yeah so he, that was a single it's crazy how that one happened we went on a trip me tommy and phase uh to la to shoot a video for a song that we already had done off his album that i produced and um we when we got there we were staying at a famous hotel out there and the vibes were right and I started working as soon as we got there. I started working and we came up with a great song and we shot the video for that and another video while we were out there. And on that song, um, which is LAX Freestyle, um, you know, I've always known, you know, Rook and all the guys for a while and, and me and Rook were hanging out at the house and he was just like, dude, I could totally play drums to this in this video. And I'm like, let's just do this tomorrow like why are you know we're only here for three days let's just do this and the stars align and you know tommy and and his camp got it worked out and it it happened and we rented out this mansion and shot a crazy video and <laughs> it's amazing man when people want to make things happen you just make it happen you yeah. know there's so many times in life where you hear excuse after excuse after excuse we got to get all the ducks in a row we got to do this we have to plan it and at the end of the day, if you want to do something, the planning is just saying, let's do it. Yeah. Like, we'll figure it out on the fly. You guys didn't think about this much in advance. It's amazing, right? We had 24 hours in advance to do that. And that was literally a song we made while the first three hours of being in LA, you know, no kidding. our flight. Yeah. It was just wild, man. I, I maybe, you know, at the time I was still smoking weed. So maybe it was something in the weed, you know what I'm saying? That, that just sparked a, a rush of energy that just you know hit it but when you say you were still smoking weed does that mean that uh somebody's given up uh i have yeah 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 i'm actually i i was getting to a point in my career where i was dependent on it i couldn't make music without it and i think it was about like three or four weeks after that trip i finally said okay i'm done you know, it might be a year or a year around this time ago. I I quit. No kidding. Yeah, I don't smoke. I don't smoke anymore. I I really don't do anything besides drink. Um, but uh, so how was it affecting you? You were smoking weed for a long time, right? A long, a long time, man. Yes, almost every was, single day for years. Yeah, three times a day for years. Yeah, three times a day for you. You wake, wake and bake. Yeah, lunch and bake. <laughs> yeah, right. Nighttime um, studio go you know three or four so you were doing it for so long you you become um not necessarily dependent almost immune to it where you, you were dependent on it but you knew how to function with it obviously because yeah. you were living right yeah so what about what about what at that point in your life where you say you were so dependent on music but the, w dig into that for us if you would yeah what yeah, about yeah. No, it made you want to quit I think it's a, something that, you know, I, I haven't really shared this with anybody really. And, you know, and obviously me and you go way back. So like, I'd be happy to, to explain this. I think it's something that needs to be talked about in the industry in general. You know, people have their vices and there's a system that goes with this type of lifestyle that makes you comfortable enough to have the, the long afternoons, waking up at two o'clock to staying up till 5 a.m. because I'm on the East Coast and most of my clients are on the West Coast. So I have to adjust to be ready for whatever, whatever situation. So just that lifestyle was getting to me, the drinking every night, the, the smoking to become dependent. Like, and when I, when I, let me explain, let me dive into that. When I say dependent, I mean like 
I literally couldn't think of melodies or drum patterns or anything without being high out of my body. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like I had to go there to do the right thing. And I was just, I took a step back for like three days without smoking. And I said, look, man, let me see what happened, how far I can go without it. And let's see the, the productivity if it, if it shifts. If I, you know, don't forget to send an email or um, double book myself for sessions. Like I was doing it all the time and I was just going with the flow because I was me. And if you wanted to work with me, this is just how it was. And, you know, and I felt like there was a point where I felt like it was, it was fucking with my business and my brand, man. I can't lie. And it was, wow. it was making me not, again, as productive as I knew I could be. And that's interesting. It's just something that, you know, people go through. There's some people that can, that need to smoke to not just to live. You know, there's people that depended on it for med medical reasons. And I don't take away anything from those people. Me personally, I was doing it for recreational and it became a thing where I couldn't not do it. And I just wanted to change, man. And you have to, Beautiful. when you, when you want to change, you have to change. Like yes. you have to just, do it like right now i'm going through this thing where i want to get healthier and i want to go back to my high school weight and i've been trying to do things to do that and you got to just put yourself in that mental you know chokehold of just i can do it i'm gonna do it go you know and that's that's where i was with the pot and a year later i still haven't smoked i can be around it i can be around it i can be in the same room with it obviously a lot of my clients still do and you know, it doesn't bother me yeah. at all. I don't get contact high, nothing like that. I just, it's not for me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because the first step for anyone that wants to make a change is they have to be able to admit to themselves what the, what the problem is first and foremost. Yeah, no. 100%. They have to be able to say, all right, this was cool for a while, but over the course of time, the more and more you do something, the more you get immune to it. So you have to keep upping the ante. Yeah. Like whether it's drinking, if you want to get drunk because you you know your body's used to it, now you've got to drink more. You want to get a high because your body's used to it. Now you got to smoke more. And while that there's probably a balancing line somewhere in there where that marijuana was beneficial to you at the beginning, 100%. in the middle, 100%. right? You were super creative and thoughtful, and you're like, whoa, mm -hmm. this is a. But then at some point, there's that point of diminishing return, and that's what it sounds like you were dealing with. Yeah, it was some demons, man. It was some. I had to battle some demons in that. I can't lie. I think you hit it right on the head. It was yeah. diminishing my creativity on all levels of just life beyond. How about music. personal too? I'm. I, it probably was yeah. affecting you personally as well. Personal relationships. Yeah, right? I couldn't. I couldn't go out to public without being high. Like mm. I, I, it, I. It's like I formed social anxiety through weed that's supposed to help you with anxiety. So like. Yeah. It was like a balance. My body was just like, uh, what are we doing here? And, you know, I'm getting older, man. I'm 34. I, I, you know, it's just, there comes a time where I just need to really hunker down, man, you know, and really focus on my brand now. You know, I don't want to do this till I'm 50, 60. I don't, I want to do this for another 10 years, maybe, you know, as much as it'll let me and then be done. I want to enjoy life still, you know? Absolutely. So t t talk us through what's a, I know no day's the same and you know, this business is, is all over the place, this industry that you're in, but what's a, what's a typical day or week like for you? Um, 
I mean, a typical day is, you know, I, I try to get up as early as I can. You know, weekends are, I like to sleep in a little bit just because I've been going hard all week. We'll just say a typical Monday, Tuesday would be like, you know, getting up like 10, 11, um, you know, and just check emails. I mean, the emails thing is wild because, again, you're on different time frames with West Coast, East Coast. And, you know, when, when you're battling that, you have a lot of things going on. I have a lot of things I'm planning. Um, I got some cool songs in the works. So a lot of things that, that take my attention immediately. So first thing, emails. Um, and then I'll just dive into some, some samples, some sounds on my computer and just, you know, I don't drink coffee. I quit coffee like five years ago. So I've been doing you're, this. You're, you're getting, you're getting really boring on us, Wavy. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a, I'm a big tea guy. I'm a tea fanatic. I'm a, I'm a herb. That's the only herbal I like right now. So, okay. Um, I'll have my tea, you know, and sit down and, and just dive in and see what catches my spark for the day. I'll pull maybe like 10 to 20 sounds in the morning. I'll just pull them aside and keep them in a today's folder. Um, and then I'll go about my day of like eating breakfast and, and going around. You know, I try to work out when I can, but it's based around music, man. It's, yeah. it's literally starts. Everything's at, in your head. Everything yeah. is always music. Every you know. The fork is tapping on the counter. You're hearing beats. Yeah, you, no, you, immediately. You spill cereal on the on the counter. You're hearing you right. Like it does. You're yeah. constantly thinking about this. Stuff. You know what's cool too? Like I, I I just moved in with my buddy Ryan, who's who was a DJ for years, and um, he plays like some of the craziest music that I normally wouldn't listen to daily. He's a music guy. He loves like having music playing around the house we have this big system where it's like all through the backyard house everywhere type thing right and so i wake up i'm getting inspired off of that like he's got old country i've never listened to like edm i never even heard like he's got this this sound so like i pull from that too like it's daily inspiration like whether i'm outside and i think of a melody or whatever it is but my basic days are about music, but I, I try to balance. Like you said before, there was a, there has to be a balance where I can be a normal guy and a producer at the same time, you know, and right. I got a couple other things going on. I, I started a vintage company, um, vintage, vintage resale, uh, company with my brother and my cousin. Um, we had a family business. We just started called the drop Cleveland. And, um, that's been taking up a lot of my time too. So I just, just balancing, man. Just yeah. Balancing. So talk to us a little bit about this is, I, I've had people on this podcast and I, I've asked this question multiple times. I might've even asked you at the three and a half, almost three and a half years ago when you came on. Yeah. Um, the financial side of this industry, mm. I find it. And I think this is an unknown for most people, right? Because yeah. How in the world, especially now with everything going digital and everything streaming and all this, how do people make money? And again, not just the artists, but people like you, the producers and the yeah. beef and all this. How does this work? I would love to touch on that. I think uh, not a lot of people do touch on that at all. Um, so there's multiple outlets where you can make money. Like with me, publishing and royalties as being a producer is your main source if you have a record that's in rotation on iTunes and Spotify and is doing well that's one of your main sources of income so let's stop it I want to just break this down yeah, slowly yeah. if we could yeah you're talking you have a contract with who's your contract with with the royalty 
Uh, royalties will be basically with whatever artist I'm working with at that time. So say, let's just say Rihanna hits me tomorrow and I do a record for her, okay? And the record's okay. gonna be on her album. I'll break this down. Yeah. So I did a record for her. I signed a contract with her and her management saying I get X amount of dollars up front and 50% royalties and mechanical, royalties and mechanics and publishing throughout the whole entire existence of this song, okay? Perfect. With that level, I have multiple outlets to get paid off of this song, whether it's YouTube or Spotify separate, iTunes is separate, uh, Amazon Play is separate, Google separate, advertisements with the song in it, commercials, TV, movies, all of that is separate revenues that this song is automatically put into by being available for the universe anybody can hear it anything can happen with it so yeah. right then and there you just have as a producer for me i know that i need to have one of four things together on um set up for it to work like i need my bmi set up I need my what's, uh, what's BMI? So BMI is where they BMI is a royalty company that basically goes to get your like say if um the NFL used your song or whatnot and you're registered under BMI with that song, they'll go collect your money or they're give tracking you it everywhere. They're yes, correct. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay. So like it, there's different ones. There's BMI, there's ASCAP, there's CSAC. Um those are the three major ones. I chose BMI for me and my brand. That's I'm comfortable with them. Um, then you have to have a sound exchange, which is your way to get paid through certain royalties and um, publishing from certain situations of it. Like I told you in the beginning, there's seven to eight different ways to get paid. Sound exchange takes maybe two or three of them. And that's they pay you for those two or three. Then Universal Music Group, which owns everything, and they pay you for everything, they'll go pay you for the other two or three things that aren't related. And then Song Trust will maybe pay you for the remaining two. And these what, are what, all- So what's an example of something that's not related? What do you mean? You said that sound, the one of those, the last one you said, they'll maybe pay you for two or three things that are not related. What, like what is that right that, that are uh, maybe related wasn't the word so so out of those eight things eight eight ways to get paid off that record that i said mm -hmm. sound exchange will maybe pay you for three of them and then the other three through universal music group and okay. then song trusts will pay you for the remaining two okay. so those eight things are covered but through three different places right you have three different okay. companies that are right right and these are companies that you pay yearly to be a part of of course, subscription-based, just so they do the work for you. Yes, you have to log in and keep track, but they do the work for you. They go get when it When you for say you. eight ways of getting paid, is that all royalty-related? That's kind all of? one song. I, there's eight ways to get paid on one song, and there's probably more that I'm not thinking about, but just off the top of my head that I've dealt with, there's eight ways to get paid commercially. You know. And what are those? What are those? The, the eight ways would be, again, through... Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, that's four. That's oh, and, all. And, and you're getting paid directly, like, uh, so Amazon, for example, you yeah. get a million plays on Amazon. It's How probably, do you, huh? It's probably like 30 bucks 
off of that baby if that right. you know but how do they how do they know to pay you are you set up in a program because I'm, yeah because i'm registered when that song hits the ether when i say ether i mean all platforms okay i'm registered under that song gotcha so whatever's attached to that song i'm entitled to whatever my contract says percentage wise i'm entitled to okay and then those sister companies that i named that go get that money those three that i named they go get that money for you off of that song. And now are they are they are they sending the money directly to you or are you getting it through the artist management? They have to it's all directly through those companies. The artist management barely ever pays you um unless you're doing unless you have like a buyout deal. Now a buyout deal is if I wanted to sell a song to Ariana Grande tomorrow and I didn't want any back end on it because I thought she was at the end of her career and I didn't think the song was going to do anything. So I didn't want to gamble on having royalties. I wanted my money now and I'm done with the song and she owns it. Mm. That's the case where you would get paid from a label directly. But okay. even with that, they use subliminal companies like Song Trust or, the, or like Sound Exchange and Universal to pay you. So it's, it's an invoice to them type thing, but it's coming from them. You know, you'll never ever get a check from a label anymore. It's not like it's it's, it's changed, right? That's all. It's, that's all, it's all, all digital that. through other companies. Like it's all it's coming from them, but it's coming through a different third party to right. get there. You know, right. wow, it's a fickle way, and that and that literally that entire breakdown of what we just talked about is literally just one song, right? On with a a talented artist that is, we'll say, popping throughout the 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 ether or if it hits yeah so what you just did something recently correct me if i'm wrong with mgk yeah correct yeah yes so you guys you were you were a producer on a specific song or set of songs on his album correct yeah i produced on uh in these walls um i co-produced with uh bays and slim um two of my favorite producers and also close friends um I got I got a chance to co-produce with them and do. So your name is tied in that song. That song goes out to a, a central portal, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Where all like where all the data is collected on who who's part of that group that's that's entitled to a piece yeah. of the pie, right? Yeah. And then when that song plays on Apple, Google, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, that's all. Every single time there's a stream, everyone's getting a cut. Even there might be a sliver of a cut, but everyone's getting something. Correct. You got it. You got it. Yeah. I mean, this, this song was to not go into crazy details. This song was different because it was not streamed on Spotify, iTunes, or any of the streaming services. It was only on YouTube and it was only on the actual CD you got in target for the tickets to my downfall album. Mm. So I, I do wish and pray, hopefully one day it does come out on streams, but I mean, the song did well on YouTube. I think it was his first number one YouTube trending YouTube song ever. Um, and it was trending number one for four days on YouTube. It's got 56 million plays now. 56 a year. million. Wow. Yeah. So wait a second. So why, what's the downside risk to putting it out into streaming? Um, I don't think it was the right fit at the time. I don't, I don't know what happened there. That's something that, you know, again, labels and artists discuss on that i'm just a producer um no matter my friendship ties or whatever it is we're talking business like 
I don't know if it was the right scenario to be released on. I don't. I don't know what happened there. I really sure. still, still to this day. So, mm. um, hopefully one day though it does come out on streaming so people can enjoy it um, from their favorite. But you guys are tight. You're you're still tied in on the YouTube plays, correct? Yeah, yeah. I got my my deal included the YouTube plays as well. So okay. yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah it's it a whole out. different world now with this digital stuff. I mean, it's crazy, man. It's it's. it's it, hard and people are up. saying it's hard to make. It's hard to make the money that was once in the industry. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, for me, I remember I've only been a producer probably s seven years now, six years now. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in it back. You know that I was always around music because obviously I toured and whatever, and and I had a lot of friends in the industry, but. It's way different than than before because right now, like to have a hit record, you gotta have a hundred million streams on on whatever for it to be a hit record, you know. And you know, and I'm not gonna say anything bad about these about these award winning shows, but some of these awards are like it's all political, man. <laughs> they want you to they want your favorite artist or your favorite album nine times out of ten probably won't win the award you think it's gonna win. No, like it's just it's it's all it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't it means nothing. Yeah, it did be, but I, but I am happy though this year to see my boy uh, Kells finally get the recognition from Billboard. You know, he won two Billboard awards. Uh, I think it was best rock album and best rock artist, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. I think he won both of those, and honestly, man, he deserves that. I mean, he he's been grinding for so long. So to see it happening and you never know what's going to happen this year. I'm praying that they go up for a Grammy this year. Um, that album's still in rotation. It's still on billboard. It's still in stores. Like it's almost a year now and it's still going crazy. So, I mean, so anyone in the old days, you had to be in LA, New York. Yeah. If you're country music, Nashville, you had yeah. to be in these cities that were really music driven to really make it. Obviously things have changed with technologies. Yeah. People like yourself could be sitting at Cleveland, Ohio, producing for some of the best artists in the world. It doesn't matter where you are geographically anymore. And I've seen you talk about being like being true to Cleveland. So let me ask mm -hmm. you, do you think it still makes a difference to potentially be in LA versus Cleveland? And uh, how has that changed in the industry? Let me, yeah, let me touch on that real quick. So that's an amazing question. I, um, I was always a believer in my entire career that I needed to live in LA to do this career that I want, that I'm doing now, right? And when I met you before, I was living in Orlando pursuing it. So I was doing my baby steps, going from Orlando to, to tours and then hopefully ending in LA, right? Well, on this scenario now, looking back on it, I'm going to tell you that you really don't need to be in those places to have a striving career. You don't have to live there. Like in LA, it's probably $3,200 a month. In fact, I know this because I have experienced $3,200 a month for an apartment. Okay. Right. And that, I'm going to break this down. The reason why I'm going in is I'm going to break this down for you. Yeah, so please do. On, please that, do. on that level, you have to spend that type of money to just be in the area for something to possibly happen to you. Meet somebody at a coffee shop. Meet somebody here. Be in the right studio session at a nightclub and Drake's business partner walks in or, you know, whatever it is. 
you got to be out there to do that. So you're sacrificing that type of money, you know, to possibly have these whims. Now, yes, it does work for some people. I'm not crushing everyone's dreams by this. It does work. Financially, though, there is only a rare few of people that come from money, most of them, that are able to do that and have that. I'm not one of those people. I didn't come from money. You know, I took care of my family at an early age. You know, I lost my mom at 18 and I had to be the, the father figure of the house instead of going to college. You know, I still went to college, but I, it didn't work out. I came home and took care of my family. Like, I didn't have the money that some of these kids have. So to, to have that backbone and having to be able to live in New York in Manhattan or Brooklyn or whatever, or live in Chicago, Southside, or live in um, LA in in North Hollywood or West Hollywood, whatever's closer to the studios. You gotta have a backbone to do that or have your own financial situations um, built up to do that, you know? Yeah. And if it's not gonna do that, then it's not worth it, you know? And I recently just figured that out now. I, I'm here in Ohio. I had to tour my entire life okay i or my entire we'll say the last six years of my adult life i've been touring and putting myself out there in the ether to try to make something happen sure well recently this year in the worst year of existence of life did i lose you uh-oh huh i think i lost you, you go there? ahead yeah, yeah. You said this year in this existence of life, what? and then you got cut off. Yeah, so this year in the worst existence of life being 2020, <laughs> something happened cool with me and my brand and my name with a big artist. So I now have the backbone now where people before were like, oh, you're just a producer. What have you really done? Now I have the backbone to say I've done something and I can do it from here now. I don't have to be in LA or Chicago or travel every week. Yes, I still do for other reasons, but I can't go into detail with that right now. Sure. But it's, it's uh, and it's legal stuff, by the way. That sounded a little bit sketchy. It's legal stuff. It, it's music related. <laughs> it's, it's music related. It's good it's stuff. It's music related. Stuff. Trust me. It's not, yeah, yeah it's not. Uh, but anyways, uh, it, uh, you got to have a foundation. So yeah, I, if anybody has a dream where they're saying, yeah, I want to go be a producer or a music or, or a music guy or, or girl or actor or whatever it is, go spend a year in LA, go spend a year in Chicago, go spend a year in New York, do it. But don't think that that's the end all be all. Correct. If that year doesn't work out, that's my, that's what I'm getting at in this whole entire conversation. It doesn't matter that what that little bit of time in your life, you can do it from anywhere now. Everything is digital. Yeah. I, you know, we're doing this from here. I normally would be at your house. I'm vaccinated. Sure. You're vaccinated. We could, we could have did this at home, but it's all digital because of timing. And it, it's, I like this, you know, we get, yeah, to, this is easy. I mean, it's yeah, easy it's, and it's a different it's type easy. of technology. Exactly. And exactly. that's, and that's the thing. Every things in life that are easy are always the ones that win. Seriously, it's it's, it's like, um, it's like the story that this guy, Simon Sinek, who's a thought leader who I follow, he, he tells this story of how he was consulting with Microsoft. This was years ago, and he was consulting with Apple, and he was invited to speak at both of their conferences. And this is when Microsoft had some big phone. I forget what was competing with the iPhone, the up-and-coming iPhone, mm -hmm. but the Microsoft. And the Microsoft team was so um, 
enthralled with comparing their phone to Apple's. Everything at the Microsoft conference was a, they were focusing so much on Apple and less on Microsoft, and but they had this killer technology. Right. Versus Apple, who was only focused on Apple, they were focused on ease of use and, and things that weren't related to their competition. And uh, he's in a taxi cab after, uh, after the Apple conference with, with uh, one of the Apple executives. Oh wow! And he goes out, and he goes, and he goes to the guy just to test his, just to test him. He goes, you know, I was at Microsoft giving a speech recently, and their phone, the whatever it was called, he says it's absolutely incredible technology. And the guy from Apple says, I have no doubt. And my point of the story is, is Apple found a way to make things easy, usability, those kind of things where Microsoft didn't. They had the best technology in the world, but that, that best technology gets you nowhere. Nope. You know, it's, it's ease. It's ease of use, and that's kind of what we're saying here. Yes. Same thing um, that you mentioned before was um, what did you say? You said something. Oh, you said you've you've built you've built basically uh, a foundation, a track record. Yes. With and I assume you're talking about with Kells from yeah, and other artists as well. Whether you artists. know touring with YBN Namir or being on tour with G Easy or or just other things that I've done in my life. I built this brand and this platform, you know? And I got to tell you that to me is another point to take from this thing because credibility in life is so important. Like once you have the, right? Like once you have the establishment and you've proven that I've been there, done that, you can't get any bigger. I mean, Hey, listen, I've produced for one of the biggest names and then there's multiple others. And it sounds like you have other things in the works. Yeah. Once you get that momentum, bro, that's that's when you really can leverage that momentum and and catapult but the hardest part that it's almost like you've crossed the hardest threshold the hardest part is getting the recognition like are you legit enough to work with a guy like mgk yeah you've done or am i legit enough to charge a thousand dollars for one of my pieces of music like or, or am i legitimate enough to get hired by a label to go to maui to work with such and such on Taylor Swift or whatever. Like, do I have the credibility to do that? Correct. It, I can, any, there's millions of producers out there that have talent all over the world, but you have to have the credits to do it. And Absolutely. honestly, man, it's, it's, it's kind of a gift and a curse because I'm trying to give back to the community. Now I'm trying to put on for the local producers that don't have a name in the city. I'm trying to collaborate and do stuff with with local artists that don't have that credibility yet and maybe can find the credibility through working with me. Like sure. that's what I'm trying to do now. It's all about giving back. Absolutely. So, it absolutely is. It really so, is. Uh, go ahead. No, it's not saying it really is. It, oh it, yeah, it it is. And you know, the more you give back, typically leads to better things anyways. It's weird how that works. Yeah. You get back in return um in various different ways. Before we finish it off, I know you mentioned Phase at the beginning. Yeah. Anyone else that in, in Cleveland that we should be keeping an eye out that is maybe a little bit up and coming that we don't know much about? Yeah, let me uh, – there is another artist I worked with before, um, Young Cap. Young Cap, great artist, um, put out plenty of projects. Um, is this the he, dude from, like, down in southern Ohio? No, 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 no. He's in um, – he is in Cleveland. Okay. Um, he's made a little bit of waves. He he. We did a really good. We did a couple songs actually that that did really well. Um, 
He worked with EV, uh, DJ EV. He's worked with a couple different names. Um, he's one to look out for, definitely. If you Man haven't cat. listened to his music, yeah, listen to that. We put out a song called Way Up, uh, a song called Teenage Dreams. There's a couple songs on there. That Is we've this the white kid? Yes. With the with the curly hair? Curly hair, yes. Yeah, I've seen him. him. I've seen him. Yeah. On he's good, dude. He's really good, actually. Yeah, he's just, he's, again, he's another guy that's just one single, one blow up away from. One blow up away. Isn't that amazing? I mean, there's so many talented people that know. Yeah. You know what the, the saddest thing about life is? And it's just, this is the way it is. It's not fair. There's so many people out there that that are now in their 50s, 60s, 70s. They had the most talent in the world and nobody ever knew who they were, regardless of what industry they were. They right. could have been the best attorneys, the best engineers, the best this, the best musicians. And they just, for whatever reason, it, the stars didn't align. And that happens to so many people. Yeah, it happened to me at an early age. I thought I was going to play baseball the rest of my life. I tried out for the majors while still in high school. You know, like I thought for sure that that was my career, you know, and, and things happen. Like I told you about my mom and everything and everything right. changed. But now looking back at it now, having what I have now and the foundation I have now, I guess it was for the better. It was supposed to happen. You know, everything so, does happen for a reason, but there's so many yeah, people yeah. that, that have, to, and especially in entertainment and music, because everyone that has any kind of artistic talent wants to make it in this industry, especially when they're young, they'll give it a shot. Yeah. And most don't make it, but there's so many people that have such great, like this young cap I've seen him. I mean, he's, there's no reason. I'd listen to his album. All he needs is just more, you know, more plays. He needs that wave. Yep, exactly. He needs that wavy dude. That wavy yeah, dude. And there's and there's other guys too, like Jay Work. Um, is from the city. He's another guy. I did a song with him called Bands All Up. Um, he signed to to Say Less Entertainment. They um, they did a really good campaign with him, and I think he's got he's next up in Cleveland as well. And there's a female um named Alyssa Higgins, um her voice is out of this world. Uh, uh, we're working on some stuff right now that Alyssa Higgins, she's from Cleveland, from Cleveland. Yeah. Nice. He Very is nice. a force to be reckoned with, you know, and you know, and there's a, and of, of course we got, a shout out, we got a shout out Sienna too. I mean, that's so I was just getting to her. I was just going to say like, we've, uh, we've been in some talks and you know, some stuff pending, but we'll see what happens with me and her. I think, I think once we do lock in, it's going to be something special. She's incredible. She's, she's a so good woman. too such yeah. a great human like yeah. you know i i was blessed to have a conversation be introduced to her through ev and and um we'll see what happens this year with her i think i think there's some cool stuff in the works so yeah is um, there an age now where it's i remember back 10 20 years ago these these young girls or guys mm -hmm. coming up once they hit like mid-20s and they still haven't made it is that is it is it ever too late at a certain age not really. No, I mean, not really even, anymore. Even with me being, you know, I'm 34. I started all this musical journey of producing and touring at 24, 25, you know? Yeah. And but what about I, the artists themselves? I mean, there is a social pressure to, to getting older and, you know, labels are looking for longevity when you're signing label deals. So they'll try to get you when you're younger. And if, right. they, if you're a little bit older, it has to be a special song for them to, to take their time. And so, yeah, there is a, there is a sort of like time limit. Yeah, there's an unspoken age. Limit. There's an unspoken age out there that yeah. people don't like. Yeah, but I don't think any of those people I mentioned are, are going to have a problem with that. No, um, no. I we've, think got, we've got a lot of talent floating around the city. Oh, man, I, I, and I, you know what? I'm just happy to be here and located here and and to to work with as many of them as I can to try to give them that 
push that I never really had. You know, I grinded for it, and I was fortunate enough to be around some of the bigger players in the city that are now top dogs. Beautiful. You know, and but I, some people don't have that luxury, and I want to try to help curate that now. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's awesome. What would Bone Thugs and Harmony have been in this era with with the streaming and the would they have been um, bigger or would they not have been as big? It's hard to say because of the sound that they had was just so different. Never heard anything like them. I mean, you're talking about so many influences to to speed rappers now. Like there's guys like Suicide Boys, you know, um oh man, Twista, like guys that guys that we sort of grew up on or are listening to now that came from them so there wouldn't be certain people without them so i'm happy that they had that place of when they did right streaming wise they probably would have made a little bit more money these days than they did back in the day we'll oh really that. interesting yeah oh yeah oh yeah because there's, so there's still big to- money there's still big money out there to be made yeah because there's more ways to get paid back then it was just you got paid off an album you got paid off of i don't even know if they got paid off music videos i don't even know how that worked back in the day in the 90s right um and you got paid off of your label deal and that was it you get 16 million dollars and that lasts you for five years and there's album budgets and there's touring budgets and you know now you could put out a song and it could go crazy in in malaysia and you didn't (laughs) even know and you're getting a check for 10 grand every four months now you know like you don't what's what's the what give us a not not to get into your situation, but you yeah. know, a big star. You mentioned Rihanna. Or what's uh, when they put out one of these top hits? Now, what what kind of money can they see off of one song? What's the oh, potential? Man. I should say. Um, let's look at let's break it down. Let's look at like the baby or Tata yeah six nine or those type of guys. Absolutely, are viral guys. I wouldn't put those two next to each other. I think the baby has a little bit more talent, but we'll just say. Um, DaBaby came out with the song Suge. Suge did shit, 150 million streams in like three months, which is unparalleled, or, or sorry, three weeks, which is unparalleled. Um, you look at those type records, I mean, a label's easily going to give you whatever advance you want to get 50% of that. You're talking millions and millions of dollars every four months because you get paid quarterly in this world okay. so like every four months you'll get a check you know and when I talked to you before about eight different ways to get paid and there's probably more that I didn't speak about you're getting that millions of dollars eight different ways and wait a second you're talking about the producers on the song not just not the baby himself are you talking about well, the baby? well we'll just put it this way an average contract with a producer a lot of people are subjective to this. Uh, I'll just say this. I'll I'll say it. What what I hear the norm is, the norm is fifty percent of publishing, and publishing is that money bubble we were talking about from eight different ways. So, a producer could make up to fifty percent wow. on someone's net revenue. You know, just because they met the artist halfway. The artist wrote the song, but there wouldn't be a song without the beat foundation. Sure. And sure it's entitled to 50%. Now, again, there's people that don't agree with that. And those, and again, it's all subjective. So, right. It's all unique to the situation. Maybe it's 25 for the producer and 75. It depends on what the arrangement depends is. Depends on what your deal is. There's no yeah, industry. You, there's nothing set. It, it could be whatever mm-hmm. your negotiations take you to. 
all about your legal team and how you get across what you want out of the situation and how they go get it. But for there's you. Mil like when you have a number one song and you're getting hundreds of millions of of streams, there's there's seven figures coming in for the like, the whole pie itself. There's seven figures coming in continuously every ninety yeah, days. Yeah, that's and that's before concerts and touring. I mean, that's. That's what is what does somebody what does a guy make on a concert tour, like if someone that goes? I mean, on I've a, heard a, rumors. I've heard rumors here and there. No, so I'll I'll just say a number. Yeah. I've heard, we'll just say we'll we'll start with Drake. I've heard rumors where it's one point five million a night, a night, and that's before merch and before your split sales with Live Nation. And then of course he's going to pay his team, and there's a lot of people that yeah, that caught, yeah. But still yeah still if Drake's <laughs> if Drake takes a third of it. <laughs> You know, in a night, yeah. I mean, you're talking, and you're talking. That's a night, and you're talking a thirty to sixty date tour, right? And with, and with the merch and all the other things, the the points that you get from the the probably the ticket sales and all that, right? I mean, it's just right. And the more you up. tour, the more your songs go up on stream. So now you're building the pot that you're getting when you get home. Right. So it's like it's there's it millions. Wow, there's millions in this man. So a thirty city tour. You know, you could be looking at forty-five million dollars with your numbers that you've heard. Again, this is just speculation, but these are the things that you've heard. But exactly, this could be forty-five million dollars in a in a sixty-day time frame. Yeah, that's <laughs> just that's before the bananas. after party. That's before the merch. That's before right. you shout out Nike or whatever your brand deal is. That's I mean, there's a million. You can make, a, you can make a hundred million dollars on a tour. Hundred percent. Wow. 100%. And that's why these labels are looking for it's that's why I said there's no age limit on it if it's the right scenario. I could be 45 with a hit record. You might not be able to put my face on a music video, but we could do a cartoon type music video and the audio is just the audio and sure. still make money. Yeah, it goes berserk. You never know which one's going to go berserk. Especially with like how TikTok is these days and now you get paid off TikTok. I've mm -hmm. heard recently, so you that's another streaming revenue that you can get paid Oh, you can get for. paid off of TikTok's streaming too now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So The sky's I the mean, limit, dude. The sky's the limit. Good I'm for going you. viral these days, you know, and, and I get it. You know, it's times are changing, and, you know, you just got to adapt. I, I need to spend my time more learning how to adapt. There's a different sound every day. That's why I told you I'm pulling 20 samples in the morning every day because – I'm not looking for what's hot right now. I'm looking for what's going to be hot in three months. How do I create that sound? You know, and absolutely, brother. It's a continuous battle, man. Where do people find you uh, on social? What's the best way? Uh, YouTube, Wavy Duder, um, Spotify, Wavy Duder, IG, Wavy Duder, um, Facebook, Wavy Duder, and that is W A V Y D U D E R. Brother, this is great, man. Another enlightening conversation. Uh, been watching you. I know we've stayed in touch here and there. Uh, been watching you, seeing you do some nice things and continued success with everything. We'll be looking out for the big announcement on what you teased us this time. Yeah. Uh, we'll some, be looking out for that. Cool stuff. It's uh, it's life-changing. So I'm excited uh, about that. But I definitely um, thank you for your continuous support. You've been there since the beginning. So um I really Thanks, appreciate brother. you having me back on, and I love seeing how your your show is growing as well. So I'll keep yeah. tuning in and listening and, and watching. So hey, maybe I we can get this show up to hundred and uh, you know hundred fifty million streams in, in three weeks. Let's do you know? it. Yeah, I'll be you sharing know? this everywhere, man, <laughs> for sure. Thanks, buddy. Hey, not a problem, man. I'll talk to you soon.